88 years young, the financially savvy Pat Ward Baker joins the conversation today. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. I think that's a, a footstool, no? Yeah. You want yeah. a footstool? No, this is very comfortable now. <laughs> I got my feet up. It's typically my side of the studio when we're on the air on the morning show. I like to make my space comfy. Yeah, it's, it is. You got to sort of sit back. Like the make... wine glass I have too. I disguise it as a pen holder, but really. <laughs> That's really just for the, wine. <laughs> the idea of a wine glass there just soothes me. Okay. <laughs> but for me, it has to be vodka. <laughs> you know, under that ottoman, nobody knows this, but there's a lot of stuff under there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think if I had it at this hour of the day. I know, we'd be in trouble. Okay, we're because... good girls. We're... <laughs> okay, so Pat Ward-Baker, the Wall Street wordsmith, stockbroker, named one of the 10 most stylish Rochesterians, PhD in gerontology. Mm-hmm. We have so much we can learn from you. I've been looking forward to this conversation for so long. Thank you for coming in. Oh, well, Sandy, this is so much fun. And I love to talk about the field of, of how to make money. <laughs> I think we're all kind of interested in doing that. I like how you said that, too. <laughs> and finding out that it's really not that intimidating or that hard. It's just, uh, did you want me to tell you a little bit about how I started out with it? I do. Well, first, how did you even think to go in the world of finances? Because when you were growing up, I could only imagine that wasn't the popular thing women wanted to go into. I don't think it was even heard of, but it was very interesting because basically I was a musician. I was a pianist. I was coming to Rochester when I when I graduated from high school to, uh, <laughs> to be a piano major and go to the Eastman School of Music. And I had been playing piano since I was about five. Mm. So the idea of finance was really pretty far away from that. But it was my father, which was kind of unusual in those days, that said, uh, Patricia, you've got to learn about money. And I said, oh, well, okay. He said that to my sister, too, who turned out to be an actress. And she said, no way. (laughs) No way. Oh, so you're the favorite daughter. Okay. Well, You'll never say that, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said, money I like, yeah. So anyway, I came here to Eastman School and decided that it was a little bit more narrow than I wanted to be. I transferred into the university and that was the point at which my father said, okay, now you got to learn about, about investments. So I did a lot of that in school. And, um, later on I got married and it didn't work. And that was kind of unfortunate, but I thought to myself, what do I know about music, philosophy? (laughs) What do I know about? So then I remembered, oh yes, I know about money and investments. So that was when I got a call from one of the local brokerage firms, and they said, uh, you know, we like the way you think. Would you like to work for us? And I said, um, yes, <laughs> because it was a time that I felt I needed to be divorced. So oh, it turned so out this to be, was your way out. This that was give my, you the confidence to leave. Exactly. Oh. Yes, it was absolutely. It just sort of came from heaven. It was wonderful. What, what year is this? Oh, heavens. This was way back in early 60s. In the 60s. Did you walk into this workplace with all men? I could imagine. Yes, it was absolutely like that. And it stayed like that. And I'll give you an example of what happened. That firm happened to go under. So I was looking for another job. 
And I went to interview the manager of the firm. And uh, he said to me, well, you have all the education, you have the right experience, you, you're interested in the subject. But he said, you're a woman. I said, like, Whoa. guess what? You're right. <laughs> Last time I looked, yes, right. So he said, well, what he wanted me to do was be a, a broker for institutions, not for people, but for banks, insurance companies, uh, savings and loans companies, and things like that, so that I was supposed to be uh, selling investments to those kinds of institutions. So he said, I'm going to go around and ask them if they mind. Really? <laughs> that's what oh he said. God, Can so you believe? Crazy. Today you couldn't even get away oh with God, that. Oh, God, no. But no, that's what he said. So he said, I'll call you. So he did, and he called me up, and he said, they, they don't mind. He said, they... <laughs> All they wanted, they said, if it's got ideas, that's all we need. That's all we want, if it's got ideas. <laughs> At that point, though, isn't it crazy how you probably didn't think anything of it? You, you know what? You didn't realize how awful that was. I, I actually didn't. I did not realize that. And, and I just thought, well, I'll wait and see. But um, it was also the case that my husband, who had not finished college, and I, who had a, a master's at that point in philosophy, he could belong to the university club, but I couldn't here in Rochester. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how I was a woman. I mean, I still am a woman, and it works <laughs> fine now. <laughs> it works really fine. But, but anyway, so that's how the situation was at that time, and I think it's changing quite a lot. Um, so that was called institutional sales, what I was doing. I was selling to institutions. And um, there were just, I learned that there were just 12 women in the whole United States who were doing that at that time. So we had uh, oh, wow. uh, no role models or, I mean, they were all men, you know. And I found that they were really very respectful at that time, the people that I worked with. So uh, it, it, I didn't have the horror stories that some people do. Oh, good. Well, that's As good. being a woman in the business. But was it intimidating? Because if you are going into a room where you're expected to be a man, right, and you show up as a woman and they all look at you and say the same thing, oh, well, you're a woman. <laughs> exactly. How did you overcome that, oh, wow, I know I'm a little different? Well, you know, I had to really give it some thought. I remember sitting in my office one day being petrified because all of these guys that I was competing with they dress in these really sharp, dark suits, you know, and they looked absolutely fabulous and they talked fast, a lot faster than I did. And they were really, you know, very impressive. And uh, I remember just telling myself, look, you know, do the best you can and be who you are and, and try to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing for me was breathing. <laughs> I think it still is. You know, when you get into a tight spot, that's that's really helpful. <laughs> so Now, at this point, your dad must have been so proud. Well, he actually wanted me, I think, to get into more like there were some uh, women that were on air talking about financial stuff. And I think he kind of wanted me to do that. But I think he would have liked that. Uh -huh. But he did like what I ended up doing. And he sure, he was proud. But besides proud, we had a lot of fun talking together. Yeah. You know, because that wasn't his field, uh, but he was very good at it. And so he used to volunteer and, and do investments for hospitals and children's places and stuff like that, you know. And um, so he just happened to be very good at it. And he taught me how he thought about it. And so we had fun. We could, when I went home, they were living in Seattle at that time, and I would go home and 
we just talk about it. And one time he was actually one time he was sick in bed and he said to me, I need a couple other investments. Uh, go down in my office and pick out some stuff for me. <laughs> you know, it made me feel yeah. uh, important. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. Now, what would you say? Because the hurdle for a lot of women is the discomfort. When you talk about finances, it feels uncomfortable. It feels intimidating still to this day. It feels like it's, quote unquote, the man's job. We delegate it because we have so many other things going on in our lives, right? We have to run the family. We don't have time to learn the, the financial part of it. But what do you say? How did you overcome that discomfort? Well, if you're running a household, say, and if you're fortunate enough to have maybe somebody come in and clean once in a while, or you have some handyman come maybe and help you uh, do heavy things, your husband or whoever may be you know, too busy, maybe you feel like you have a little team that you work with or somebody at your children's school um, you, pe- you have people around you that you might think of as a little team. Now, if you start investing, what you basically have is a team of companies who are working for you out there, making profits that they share with you, giving you dividends. And if they're doing a good job, that team out there, uh, they're going to grow and make money for you. So I always looked at it like that, that you're hiring a little team mm. of workers to make money for you. And that's not just terribly intimidating. That's kind of nice, yeah. you know, because you're investing in companies. You're buying companies. You're buying companies that maybe you know that uh, Uber or something, you know, something that you're using. You buy a company that provides you with a service or with some products or something um, like Apple or, you know, Amazon or one of those places. You have those people working for you if yeah. you buy into their company, if you buy stocks. If you buy stocks, it's like owning a little piece of the company. So you have that whole company working for you. It's like a team. So you can think to yourself, well, how much could I make per hour doing whatever I might do? And then you can think, well, how much can those companies make for me instead? (laughs) You just pretty much sit there and do nothing. Do nothing. When they're doing all the work. They're doing the work. See, that's an interesting way to think about it. So see, that's not so intimidating. That's kind of a kind of impressive. You have this team out there working for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that, you know, a lot of people feel, well, you're going to have to have a lot of math and a lot of that analytical stuff and so on. And if you're going to get really very deep into it and make a career of it, maybe you need to know a little bit about that. But basically, you you need to understand what's going on in the world, how things are changing these days and what kind of stuff people want and need that they didn't maybe need before. I think they did. And uh, so you look at what's happening and it's like, what's out there? What are people, what are, what are the new things that are happening? And that's where you kind of look for, for your investments. And uh, you you can always find people who can help you. There are professionals in the field. And, but basically if you just, the biggest thing you need to do is put a little bit of money away at a time. That's called savings. <laughs> Sounds very boring, but it's really the backbone. It's really the yeah. backbone of investing and getting rich. And you can start like with $5, put it in an account, and pretty soon you add $6, you add $3, you get a birthday present, $25. Pretty soon that savings account starts starts pulling their fingers toward you. Gimme, 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 gimme. It's very funny about a savings account. It starts talking to you. It wants more, more, more. And you start responding. 
You start doing it. You start saving more. This is where you start. That's where you start. Very easy. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Then you start with a few companies that you know and that you like. You buy a few shares. And you just let it grow over time. Let it grow. It's not that hard. What age was it that you felt um, you had it all together? Do you remember that age or that point in your life where you felt confident? <laughs> I wonder if it's today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, you keep layering on experience and yeah. people and knowledge and all this kind of thing. And and I right now I feel so comfortable. Um, but when did that shift kind of take place? Well, I think it was um, probably about 10, 15 years into my career. So how old were you? I'm I'm looking for an age. I'm hoping an age. you're saying what I think. Oh, I see. Well, because I started very late. I started when I was 40. See, I was thinking 40 was the number. Well, there have been a lot of women that I've talked to lately, and we all agree that f- something happens when you're 40. I don't know what it is. The priorities almost line up. I think that's quite true from what I can observe and what I see in, in children and grandchildren and our family. Um, but See, I started, I, I didn't start till I was 40. So, okay. um, but I had already had a lot of experience in different fields, actually. I think I felt pretty confident starting out because one of the things that happened was that I said um, that I didn't want anybody telling me what I was worth. So I went to one brokerage firm that I was interested in after the first first firm failed. And I, and I was going on and on like that. And I was saying, you know, because the first firm I was only doing research, but anyway, um, I said, nobody's going to tell me what, what I'm worth and blah, 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 blah. And I was going on and on. Finally he said, stop, (laughs) stop. You are working on commission. You tell me what you're worth by what you produce. So this is the perfect field for you. (laughs) So at that, I think I felt pretty confident that, that I could do anything. Isn't that funny? I did. I, I think it was my mother. Anything you put your mind on, you can do. You just have to put your mind on it. So I think I came into it with a certain amount of confidence. I mean, I think my story's a bit different. I didn't get married and have children by the time I was 40. So I was kind of on my own. And uh, so I think the age is okay. not so important as the length of time, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I think you're right about 40 in what I observe. There's a point at which you say, I'm not a, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm yeah. a grown up. Yeah, the history, the wisdom that you, that you gain. But, you know, some of these younger kids that come in, I envy their confidence. I like, know. There's things that they do and say, and I would have been too scared to <laughs> ruffle any feathers when I was young. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Well, I think it was part of the culture. Women were not supposed to make waves, you know. And we were supposed to defer to our elders mm-hmm. and to men and to more powerful people. And that was the culture. But I think, I think that's radically changing now. Do you like the radical change? I'm not sure. I see that there isn't much loyalty to a firm with younger kids now. You know, they want to move from firm to firm to, instead of getting better within the firm. Which, by the way, that's something that I give them credit for. Because you put in so much loyalty, like we were trained to do, right? Yeah. Does the company really, are they going to reciprocate that loyalty? Well, I don't, I think it depends on the company. It certainly did with me. I mean, I got up to be senior vice president and, and, and 
I couldn't believe the amount of money I could make. I really, it was, so it depends on the field mm. and it depends on yeah. the firm. So that's one thing. If people want to get into finance, they have a really unlimited income <laughs> level. <laughs> so you still work today? Do I do still- for myself. Okay. For the family, for, you know, uh, that sort of thing. I don't work for a firm anymore. The Wall Street Street wordsmith. That's what it says on your website. (laughs) I'm doing some writing for financial firms uh, so that to explain what they do and and hopefully that they will come to those firms for advice. (laughs) So it's that kind of thing. It's it's kind of like uh, marketing. It is marketing, marketing, writing. So I've been doing that and basically um, being a private investor and being fascinated with the markets and seeing what I can do with them. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't have to work, though. I don't have to, but there's something about it. I just think, you know, when I studied older people, when I did the gerontology work, uh, I found that work that is sort of putting all of what you have into something was crucial for people's happiness and for, in fact, their health. It's one of the things that makes people able to live longer. Um, and that is a matter of, of research. It's not just like something I think. They're really The research is out there that says you're engaged in something. And, well, you know, a lot of people call that purpose. Yeah. Uh, it's just crucial to your health. You know, and the people I interviewed were like that. I interviewed eight people in great depth over five years. And every single, and they were all over 88. And they were all engaged in some kind of work. And, and they were just healthy in spite of whether they had chronic diseases or this or that they lived very healthy lives and they mm-hmm. were they got around and they were happy and they were involved in the world you said you started your career at 40 but <laughs> i am not kidding you people you look 40 what do you do oh thank you so do much do you get like facials every day like what well, your skin <laughs> is gorgeous. i try to wash it every day i mean sometimes i'm too sleepy at night but i do my best <laughs> I am so distracted by how beautiful and young you look. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) Well. Do you have a secret? I mean, this is so aside from finances, but we do want to know. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's part of finance. You know, you've got to be alive. You've got to be healthy. You've got to be energetic. And so one of the things I do, which is so simple, it's so simple. I walk. I walk. Mm. There's a little woods near where I live, and I walk there, and I walk in the neighborhood. And... (laughs) I walk up and down stairs. Now, people say, oh, they want to get into a flat house. But, but you know what? If you've got stairs in your house, you don't have to put on special shoes, special clothes, go anywhere, take the time for it. You can walk up and down your stairs. <laughs> it's excellent yeah. for your legs and for your heart and everything else, you know. So things, I, I do do a lot of walking. And, and I do have a trainer, and I work with them once a week and for about an hour. And sometimes he walks with me, too, and it's funny in the woods. And uh, what else? I'm not good with vegetables. <laughs> I hate vegetables. So <laughs> the best thing I can do. <laughs> You're like a three-year-old right now. <laughs> Yuck. So I try to do it with salads. Okay. You know? Figure that's green. You get some green in there. I was just going to say that. You get some green in there. <laughs> so I... Yeah, I do. <laughs> and uh, and your husband. Your husband keeps you young. I bet you're your husband now. How long have you been married? We've him? been married now. We're pretty proud of ourselves. 26 years, wow. and that's our second marriage. Wow. So 
and he keeps took, you young. <laughs> yeah, well, we do have a lot of fun. We've we've gone a lot of different places. Been to Antarctica. Been to Africa. Wow. Uh, you know, I had this feeling at a certain point that I wanted to go the farthest places in the world, and and I wanted to do it now. <laughs> and so, uh, we had just gotten married, and the poor man. <laughs> I said, pack, we're going. <laughs> I said, where? You know, to New York City? No, Africa. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, see, that is great. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it really will demonstrate when you do save, when you do, when you are conscious and engaged with your finances, you're just opening up those opportunities to say, hey, where do you want to go? Africa. That's exactly right. And so what it really says, too, is... The, the younger you can start, the better. It really, because then you just have time that will work for you. And that just gives you a huge leg up. But I'm not saying that you can't start at any age and make a success of it. Because as you learn more about companies and maybe you get some help with it, you can build, you can build a good store of value <laughs> or let's say a good portfolio or a good chunk of money. But what we still do is that um, even though we do have uh, some means, uh, we try to have the money available for where we're going before we leave. We don't charge it. <laughs> okay. And that's a good thing, too. And that would be your smart money strategy then, That is a right? smart money strategy. Save up for what you need. Don't start charging it and, and getting into those huge interest rates, over 20%. Some are 25, 28. I can't even believe it. It's more than a quarter of what you're going to pay back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. Oh, so. gosh, you are so much fun. Pat Ward Baker. I mean, we just really scratched the surface of the wisdom that you have, especially when it comes to finances. So I hope you'll come back in. Oh, I'd love to. This is fun. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sandy. <laughs> Well, this is going to be the last episode for the year. We're going to take some time off for the holidays, but we really appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to the podcast every week. Thank you for all of your feedback. We love it. Keep it coming. Tell us what topics you want more of, if there's a guest you want us to bring back on, or if you have any ideas of somebody who would be a great person to get on the show. Plus, we love hearing your success stories that you share with us. Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. All right. Have a wonderful holiday and happy new year to you and your family. We will chat again January 3rd. Cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com new episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.